So, thank you all for coming and uh, today's class in the beautiful Bhagavatam. First Canto, Chapter 15, Text 41. Uh, could we turn on that light up there? We can turn it back off after I'm finished reading, but it'll help a little bit. Vacham Chuhava Manasi Tat Prana Itare Cha Tam Mrityav Apanam Sotsargam Tam Panchatve He Ajohavit Vajamju Havamanasi Tatrana Itare Chatam Vityo Apanam Satsargam Vacham Juhava Manasi Tatprana Itare Chatam Vitya Apanam Satsargam Tampanchatve Yajohavit Anybody want to try to chant it? No? Vacham. Ah, yeah. It's 41. What chapter? Chapter, uh, is it 15? Yeah. Vacham, Juhala, Manasi, Tatana. Are we going to repeat? Because I'm sorry. No, I just go. It's, it's, yeah, it's too hard to follow without somebody to. Oh, I don't think you want to try and repeat me. Tatana, Itari, Chatam. Vacham Juhava Manasi Tatrana Itarecha Tam Vritya Vapanam Sotsargam Tampanchatve Hiyajo Havit Very good. Bacham Bacham Speeches Speeches. Juhava. Juhava. Relinquished. Relinquished. Manashi. Manashi. Into the mind. Into the mind. Tatprane. Mind into breathing. Mind into breathing. Itarecha. Itarecha. Other senses. 
other senses. Also. Also. Tam. Into that. Into that. Nityo. Into death. Upanam. Breathing. Sa-utsargam. With all dedication. Tam. That. Panchatwe into the body made of five elements. He certainly. A Johabit amalgamated it. Very interesting. Translation. Then he, Maharaj amalgamated all the sense organs into the mind then the mind into life life into breathing his total existence into the embodiment of the five elements and his body into death then as pure self he became free from the material conception of life this is heavy stuff isn't it so I say, and you can repeat. Then he amalgamated. Then he amalgamated all the sense organs, all the sense organs into the mind. Into the mind. Then the mind into the the mind into life. Then the mind into life. Life into breathing. Life into breathing. His total existence, His total existence into the embodiment. Of the five elements. And his body into death. Then, as pure self, he became free from the material conception of life. Purport by his divine grace, Srila A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada explains. Maharaj Yudhisthira, like his brother Arjun, began to concentrate and gradually became freed from all material bondage. First, he concentrated all the actions of the senses and amalgamated them into the mind. Or, in other words, he turned his mind towards the transcendental service of the Lord. He prayed that all Oh, excuse me. He prayed that since all material activities are performed by the mind in terms of actions and reactions of the material senses, and since he was going back to Godhead, the mind would wind up its material activities and be turned towards the transcendental service of the Lord. There was no longer a need for material activities. Actually, the activities of the mind cannot be stopped for they are the reflection of the eternal soul. But the quality of the activities can be changed from matter to the transcendental service of the Lord. The material color of the mind is changed when one washes it from the contamination of life breathing and thereby frees it from the contamination of repeated births and deaths as situated in the and situates it in pure spiritual life. Wow. All is manifested by the temporary embodiment of the material body, which is a production of the mind at the time of death. 
And if the mind is purified by practice of transcendental loving service to the Lord and is constantly engaged in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord, there is no more chance of one's mind producing another body after death. It will be freed from the absorption in material contamination. The pure soul will be able to return home back to Godhead. Deep. Omaganti marinda shaganjanan shalakaya chakshur unmilitamjena tasmai sri gurave namaha sri chaitanya mano vishtam stapitam jena butale swayam rupakada mayam dadanti swapadanta kam banchakopata rupyascha kritasinupyeva cha patitanam pavanidyo vaishnavidyo namo namaha. Once again, that verse. He then amalgamated all the sense organs into the mind, then the mind into life, life into breathing, his total existence into the embodiment of the five elements, and his body into death. Then, as pure self, he became free from the material conception of life. So, Srila uh, Prabhupada points out here early on, that he first concentrated all of his actions and senses and amalgamated them into the mind. In other words, he took up pure devotional service. He, uh, like Maharaj Ambarish, he started to use all of his, uh, the actions of his body as uh, in, in, in devotional service. You see, he used his mind, his, his tongue, his ears, his legs. So what he was doing is he's casting off everything that's been holding him. You know, uh, as, as the leader of the entire world, you know there have to be distractions. You know, how can he think about Krishna all day, every day? It's probably, if he started to chant, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, I mean, there'd be like, what, what? Oh, Maharaj, oh, we're being attacked from the east. Oh, well, send an army over there, you know. Uh, okay, where was I? Uh, oh yeah, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. What is it? Maharaj, we're being attacked from the West. Oh, well, uh, there's a famine in this. There's a drought over here. And, you know, he's the manager of the whole planet. So, you know it's not going smoothly. You know, we just slipped into Kali Yuga. There's, there's all these things happening. So, uh, here Maharaj Yudhisthira has uh, cast this off. You know, he's taken off in the last verse, he took off all the ornaments of the emperor, you see. And he stripped down basically just wearing a kopi. He's wearing a, a loincloth, you see. So he's not wearing his attractive uh, uh, ornaments and garments anymore, the, the gar garments of the emperor. So uh, what's he doing? How does he amalgamate? What does this mean to amalgamate? Uh, all the sense organs into the mind. Amalgamate. Concentrate. To focus. Amalgamation. Huh? Amalgamate. Amalgamation is like yeah. a mixture. Uh, uh, yeah, amalgamation. To merge. To merge. He merges the whole. Yeah. <laughs> all of his senses together and into devotional service. So he's focused, he's using all functions of his body to serve Krishna. 
you see. To focus on service to Krishna, to focus, to meditate on Lord Krishna, you see. So he's using all of his functions. Uh, Prabhupada goes on, he, pr he, he prayed that since all material activities are performed by the mind in terms of the actions and reactions of the material senses, and since he was going back to Godhead, the mind would wind up its material activities and be turned towards the transcendental service of the Lord. So in other words, I, I want my mind to be focused on nothing but service to Krishna. I'm no longer the emperor. I'm not going to think about that. Knock on somebody else's door. Okay? I'm, I'm out of here. I'm retired. Uh, I'm emeritus. You know? So, I'm finished with it. So, as we discussed yesterday, what we're, what we're seeing described here is the perfect way for one to wind up one's life. You know, uh, we don't plan uh, very much for death. As I said yesterday, people plan for retirement, but they don't plan for death. Nobody really wants to acknowledge that I'm going to die. They may say, oh, we're all going to die. But somewhere <laughs> in the corner of their mind, they're thinking, but not me. Not anytime soon. I mean, that's like way down the road, you know, especially when you're young. You're thinking, I, I remember thinking when I was a kid that, uh, wow, when, when the century turns into, into the year 2000, when we go from the 1900s into the 2000s, wow, I'm going to be old. I'm going to be 52. I thought, wow, that's like dead. Hmm. You know, when you're a little kid, 52, it seems like dead. And I began to wonder, what will happen to the world if it, when it goes into 2000? And, and then I, 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 I started getting agitated, thinking, wow, does it, is it going to change things? Is it going to be, you know, does it mean that everything ends? And then I thought, well, what do I care? That's a whole, that's a whole lifetime away. And I was probably eight or nine. I'm thinking, you know, that's just so far away, you know. So uh, even if we do think about death, even if we're older, I, 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 I go around talking with some of my god brothers, and I found I find us saying that you know we might have another 20 years. Now what's, how can I say I'm going to have another 20 years? You know, that means I'd die at 85. Not everybody lives to 85. I don't know what the national average is for, for males. I think it's 70-something, isn't it? What makes me think I'm above average? You see? What makes me think I've got, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'd probably think I probably have 30 years. You know? I'm going to die at 90-something. You see? So in other words, it's hard for us to get ourselves to be serious about the time of death, you see. So uh, this mind of ours is what is manufacturing at, at this very moment. It's planning our next body. We don't know it, you see. Everybody's mind, through their the sum total of their desires, is planning their your next body. So that sum total of all your desires at the time of death is what generates that next body, the next destination, you see. So uh, the devotee is a little different, well we're very different, than the non-devotee because we're aware of that and we're performing devotional activities, we're performing devotional service to the Lord. So 
Uh, what we're doing is we're dissolving the subtle body. As you chant Hare Krishna and perform uh, devotional service, you, you dissolve the subtle body. Mind intelligence, false ego, they dissolve. They start to fade away. You know, it's like when you, if you were to put a, an aspirin in a, in a glass of water, it'll eventually it'll just like fade away, or a sugar cube or something, you know. Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer, yeah. Yeah, I'd prefer an Alka-Seltzer. So, but it'll fade, it fades away, you see. So, but the mind intelligence and false ego stay intact for the materialist, you see. When he checks out of this body, that mind intelligence false ego is going to go with him. As a matter of fact, it's kind of like it, it, it's, it pretty much drags him to the next assignment, you know, to, because of the desires. You know, I, I want this, I want, I want, I need, I must have. You see, the sum total of, of who you are and what you stand for, what drives you, is what make, makes your next body. You're making it. We're making it right now, you see. Next material body, you see. Now, we're falling down on the job like that. We're not making another material body, you see. So, at the time of death, Mind, intelligence, and false ego have shrunk practically to nil. We don't have a material body waiting for us. There's no place for us to go because we're going back home. You see, the Vishnu Dudas come and take us back home. Uh, the Yama Dudas have no need for us. They have no use for us. We're, we're, we're off the charts for them. We're off their radar. You know, to them, this, this isn't, uh, we don't exist. We're not, we're not in their territory, you see. We're untouchable by them. So we're in the territory of the Vishnu Dudas. They come to take the devotee back home, back to Godhead. Because those are, that is the sum total of our desires. We want, to, we want to serve Krishna, you see. We want to perform devotional service. We've trained ourselves, you see. And we do this by anticipating that this day will come, this moment will come. And so there, therefore, I have to, I'm preparing for it right now. It's tough when you're younger to think that I'm going to do something. I have a thought. I want to do something. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, death isn't that far off. So how much will this decision affect checkout time? You know, when checkout time comes at the hotel, you know. So I want to make sure that the death is graceful, so I want to do this activity, and I think, no, 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 I, I should do more service, you see, because uh, death is, is close enough, I mean, I don't know how close it is, but it's close enough to where, uh, you know, it's, you can sense it, you see. So, Maharaj Yudhisthira is in that, that uh, mode, he's, he's thinking, you know, death is not far, you see, I'm going back to Godhead. Death is very near. It's, it's, it's time for me to leave. Um, all is manifested by the temporary embodiment of the material body, which is a production of the mind at the time of death. The material body is a production of the mind at the time of death. So we're in the process of mind training. That mind is very uh, dangerous. We're training our mind to focus on Krishna. And the mind and the intelligence and false ego are dwindling. 
because we're focused on Krishna performing devotional service, chanting Hare Krishna, you see. So not only is the mind trained to desire Krishna, but it's, it's dissolved. It's practically not, it's almost a non-issue, you see. So uh, we talk about controlling the mind. So one way to control the mind is first of all, it's like if, if you want to control a tiger, you know, you can't control a tiger. He's real strong. He's got big teeth, sharp claws. But if you put him in a, Srila Prabhupada said, if you put him in a cage and you don't feed him, every day he gets weaker. He'll start to dwindle and ultimately he'll be as docile as a little kitty, you know, before he dies. He's just, you know, you'll be stronger. So, how do we control the mind? Perform devotional service, chanting the, uh, the Maha Mantra, focusing our uh, uh, desires towards Krishna, and the mind gets weaker. The mind, the material mind starts to dwindle. See? Material intelligence is, is, is going to be lost. False ego starts to vanish. They're neglected. You know, if you neglect them, they they, they, they shrivel, they dry. You know, they'll dry up and the wind will blow them away, you see. So, in the beginning, we think, it's like Arjun said to Krishna, at that point, he's thinking, it's easier to control the wind than it is control my mind. You know, how can I control my mind? Perform devotional service, you see. Get out of your mind, you know. Let the mind dry up and, and dwindle. Mind, intelligence, and false ego. Let them dwindle and, you know, turn into ashes. <laughs> you see, they're, they're what keep dragging us down. So, uh, how do we do that? We have to focus on devotional service. And it's very difficult to navigate through uh, material life and focus on devotional service because we have so many distractions. <laughs> Not us, you know, we're here, we're, you know, we don't have anything to do every day but to serve Krishna. We don't have anything else to do. Still, there, there, there are some small distractions, but we can see how we're, we're overcoming them, you see. Our lives and our minds are focused mostly on uh, devotional service. What will we do? Where will I go? Should I, you know, Bhagavan Nard's thinking, should I go to Corpus Christi? Am I going to Mexico? You know, he's not thinking about going to Mexico to lay on the beach. You know, going to Cancun to get a tan. You know, going to Mexico to do service. I'm going to, I'm going to Corpus Christi to open a temple. You know, not to go on vacation, see a museum, or catch a show, find a casino, you know, whatever. So, the, the devotee is always thinking, uh, how can I serve Krishna? He's agitated himself because he's convinced himself, I'm not doing enough. No matter how much other people may observe you doing, you're still thinking, I'm not doing enough. And you know you're not doing enough. You know you can do better. The devotee feels like, I can do better, I know it, and damn it, I'm going to do it. I'm doing better. And so he starts to think of, maybe I'll go here, maybe I'll do this, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do that, or whatever. The devotee's always uh, meditating like that. So if you're thinking like that, if you're 
if you're concerned about should I go to Mexico to serve Gurudev or should I go serve my guru in uh, uh, Corpus Christi and BAM out of nowhere death happens what do you think is going to happen? you're concentrated on devotional service you see the object of uh, of human life is to engage in devotional service and be concentrated to be consumed by it you see uh, and, it, and, and for us in this room it's, it's easy to understand that um, because for the most part we are but our job is to get others now to see the value of performing devotional service you know it's very difficult uh, you know the Christians use tactics like you know you you'd better repent now because of death you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell buddy where are you going where do you think you're going to go have you accepted Christ where they say Christ. <laughs> if you accepted Christ, <laughs> so it's like, well, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, how do you do that? You know, when I was a kid, I used to, whoa, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Wow, does this mean I'm going to go to hell? You know, because I haven't accepted Christ. You know. So, we don't do like that. We think, hey, look, you know, I don't want to scare you. But, you know, the, death, the time of death is really undetermined. It could come at any time. For you, it may be a long time. It could be tomorrow. It could be the next heartbeat, you know. But how concerned are you about your next life? A lot of people are going to say, not at all. Not at all. Because... You know, uh, Rolling Stones uh, tour is going to come through town, and I got tickets for that. And uh, you know, then we're going to boogie on down to Cancun and party down there. And then, then I got to get back and study to, for the, the exams that are in school. And you know, I'm going to have a, uh, my degree here pretty soon, and a really great job. You know, great job, fabulous house, big car. I'm going to have it all. So. You know, this next life, I, mean, I don't really care about that right now. I mean, that's so far off, I'm not even considering it, you see. So, but like we were talking last night, occasionally you, you meet people who are inquisitive. What the heck is going on, you know? What is with this world, you know? Uh, who am I? And... What is my relation to this world? Am I, am I just going to, if I am this body, then my body is going to turn into the elements and then uh, I'll decay and I'll turn into uh, food for, you know, fertilizer for another plant. And then will I live on in that plant? You know, if I die under a tree and I, uh, what is it called when, you, when your body uh, composts? If my body composts. Decompose. Decomposes and composts, and, and, the, and then the tree takes uh, nutrition from my decomposed body. It's like we decompose the vegetables out here, you know. So, then, and that turns into fertilizer for other plants. So, if if if, if I am my body and I decompose, and, and that causes some nutrient for the tree, do I live on in the tree? You know, I mean. There's all kinds of people who think like that, you know, so. Uh, so, 
Uh, but people start to get in, uh, inquisitive. Now, uh, the problem we have is we, unless they come to us, like that couple that came this morning, how do we know who's the inquisitive person and who's the person who really doesn't care? How do you know? By their questions, exactly. But if you're if you're uh, if you're out preaching, if you're out distributing books, you got to hit them all. We can't say, well, I think this guy is 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 a seeker, and I don't know about this guy. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he cares. We don't know. We can't. So we've got to blanket everybody. We've got to get them all. We've got to get as many people as possible to read Prabhupada's books and as many people as possible to come and associate with us, take prasadam, you know, it's like kick the tires, try it on, see if you like it. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, eh, this isn't for me, I don't really care about this. You guys are neat and I like the music, the food's great, but you know, I don't really care about my next life. You know, you live, you die. You live and you die, I'm gonna, it's going to be a long time before I die, you know, I'm not, what do I care? I mean, I'm, I'm just getting out of school. My life is just beginning. A few years later, I just got a promotion in the job that I got. My life is just beginning. You know, my wife is going to have a baby. Our life is just beginning. So they're not thinking about death. They're not thinking death could come in any minute. They're not the slightest bit concerned. You see, very few people, a small percentage of people, are ready for death. In other words, uh, uh, once in a while, the doctor may you may go to the doctor and he'll say, you know, I got some bad news. You need to go home and get your affairs together because I'm going to give you maybe four to six weeks, and you're and you're like what? So, but that's rare when the doctor says, you know, you got maybe two months at, at the most. And then you're like, whoa, you know, so I gotta go get my will together. And I gotta say all the things to all my family that I always wanted to say and didn't say, and I have to. But I, I've, I've seen some people like that, and I don't remember many of them getting real serious about their spiritual life. Even when they know you got two months or six weeks. You know, they, they work on the, they, they get with their lawyer, make sure the will is together, and they, they tell their family, oh, I, I, mean, I really love you, and, uh, you know, like that. But as far as uh, secluding themselves from material activities and just trying to find God, I, I, I don't, I've never witnessed that. And I've seen a few people that are given the time, you know, you're six to eight weeks max, you know. Maybe four. And then they go out and they, they get their material life together. But as far as getting their spiritual life together, you know, the only people I've ever seen do that are the devotees. They go to Vrindavan or Mayapur. You know, they know they're going to die. They're in, intensive hearing and chanting, you know. And in the final days, they're laying in, in a bed surrounded by devotees in kirtan, you know. So, uh, other than the devotees, I've never seen anybody that really thinks, oh man, I've got to get my spiritual life together. You know, now I'm really serious. Tell me something about this God character. You know, 
What if there is another life? You know, so um, we have an advantage. And since we have that advantage, sometimes we think, well, everybody has this, you know, has this advantage. That we, we have the knowledge about our, our next life. Our, our, uh, we have knowledge about our death and how to control our next destination. We have that. So we, it's natural for us to kind of take it for granted, you see. But because we have it, we should realize that the non-devotees don't have it. And they're kind of like lost children. You know, they're very, very unfortunate. And, and they're, they're, they're going towards the end of this human life and it's just like they're going to fall off a cliff. You know? They're going to fall off, a, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get an animal body. Most of them, how, how, are, how are they going to get a, a human body? What are they performing? What activities are they performing to get them a, a human body? Some people will, you know, without being devotees. Huh? And they'll just go to hell and they won't even get that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you get a, maybe they get a human body, but they're on a hellish planet, you know, I mean, who, we can't even imagine, you know, and they're not even trying to imagine. So we have to kind of, uh, uh, we kind of have to help them, you know, we have to look out for them. We're kind of like the, um, uh, the keeper, you know. What is, there's another word for it, you know, steward, you know, for the living entities. We have to help people make some decisions. We have to influence <laughs> the word we use. We have to influence the way people think, you see. You know, it's not that we force them, but we influence them. And if necessary, we influence them as heavily as we can. It might be one heartbeat away from force. But we try to influence them, you know, as hard as, as much as we can to take up devotional service, you see. And we don't back off. One thing I always loved about book distributors is they don't, they don't have uh, uh, their false ego on their, on their sleeve, you know. It's not like they're, they're thinking, if I, but if I push the guy to buy the book, he's not going to like me. He's going to think I'm pushy. You know, the book distributors are like, hey, you know, pal, thank you. come on, you know, come on, buddy, you know, just keep on hanging in there. You got to tell the guy, look, no, you got to walk away from a book distributor because he's going to keep on keeping on, you know, in a nice, subtle way. But if you have false ego, you're, you're going to be too embarrassed. Oh, what this guy's going to think I'm a nut, you know, he's going to think I'm pushy. You know, what's this going to do to my social image, my social standing, you see? So the devotees have to be that way a little bit. We're not so concerned with how people, whether they like us or not. We would rather they do and become devotees, but we want to push them to the point. We want to influence the way they think. Take up devotional service. You know, can you do just a little service? I know you can't sit and chant like that couple that came this morning. You know, I know you can't sit here and chant 16 rounds, but let's see how far you can go. You know, and then, you know if you see them getting tired, they're bored of chanting. Oh, you're getting a little tired of chanting? Well, yeah, I thought, you know, maybe you can go a little longer. Let's do it together, huh? What do you say? Let's chant a little bit more together. You see, we can be a little pushy for their for their good. We're looking out for them. You know, 
if we're looking out for them um, it, as our service to Guru and Krishna, then it's all bona fide. We can be like that. You see? Not that we want to anger people. Just use your intelligence and be a little, a little pushy, a little persistent, maybe a lot persistent, and exert a lot of influence in the way they, they think. You see? The world is run by influence. You see? There's billboards all over the place to try to influence your thinking, influence you to buy a product. You know, when you go into Walmart now, they've got little, these flat screen TVs. Have you seen those? And there's like advertisement, and they're, they're motion triggered. You go, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was walking in Walmart after I came back from India from being, gone, being there for a long time, and, and I'm walking down this, past this end cap. And all of a sudden, this TV starts playing, and the lady's selling some product. And I thought, well, what a coincidence, you know. It starts just as I walked up. So I walked on a little while later, and another one started playing. Well, what is it, you know? This isn't no coincidence, you know. This is like, they've got a motion sensor, they, and somebody gets close, and the, the commercial starts playing on the TV, you know. So... Uh, the entire world is trying to influence you into thinking about Maya. Everything, everything, every, the people you see, they're in Maya and they're trying to influence you. Because you may see somebody and you think, you know, you're walking along, you see somebody you think, what? Wow, where do you get that t-shirt? That is like way cool. I have never seen it. None of my friends have that t-shirt. I got to get one of those. I was just influenced. I gotta get one of those. But wait till, wait till they see me in that, you know? They're gonna think I am as cool as I think he is when I saw it. Because when I saw it, I thought, wow! And I want my friends, when they see me in my new pants or my new whatever, to say, wow! I want that wow to come to me. I sent it to him and I want it. So I have just been influenced. Look at the way he does his hair. Whoa, that is way cool. None of my friends, I've never seen anybody do it. Wow. I want the wow, you know. So I'm influenced, and then I influence you. I show up with my new do, and you, you're thinking, wow, man. That is like way cool. And sooner or later, it starts to influence. Some Hollywood star will have some hairdo or wear some sort of clothing and you know so that's the benefit of our spiritual dress it takes away our uh, uh, it helps us with our false ego because if I show up and I'm wearing cotton you know I'm wearing saffron you're wearing saffron it doesn't matter I'm you know he's wearing white it doesn't matter we're wearing the same stuff so I'm not going to get a wow from anybody. I'm not looking for a wow. But if I'm wearing my street stuff, now I can put a little bit of me into it, see? Could have put a little bit of spin on it. Because my duds are cooler than your duds, buddy. And you got to admit it. Give me my wow. If I don't get it, I'm going back to the store. I'm going to get something that somebody is going to give me a wow. See what I mean? If it's just 
quirtas and dotis and chutters and saris. You know, how do you get, you know, somebody may say, well, that's a beautiful sari. But you're not the first one to show up in a sari. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, it helps us to control the false ego. We're not feeding it, you see. I mean, we can feed it when we go out in the world. And if you feel like, I, 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 all right, I'm not trying to wow the devotees, but I want to I get a wow from somebody else. I want you know, a little bit of attention over here. You know, my false ego is getting under control, but it's not there yet. I'm not feeding it a lot, so it's it's losing weight. It's it's diminishing a little bit, but it's not dead yet. So as long as I have it, I might as well get some fun, have some fun with it. You know. That's a good answer. Yeah. So, uh, which is kind of dangerous. You know, we play you play with fire and you get burned. You play with your false ego, and it'll It'll cause you difficulty. So, uh, anyway, that's that's our plan as devotees. Since we're uh, calculating the moment of death, you know, I want to know what will I be thinking, how will I react, you know, if they pull me out of the out of the wreck, and it looks like you know the paramedics are there, and it looks like this guy's not going to make it. I want to know exactly right now what am I going to be doing. Hey Krishna, hey Krishna, 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 I'm going to be thinking about Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. You know, thinking about Radha Madhav in, uh, in Mayapur. I'm thinking about Krishna Balaram in Vrindavan. You know, just open the floodgate and let all these thoughts and memories, and, you know, the Sadhu Sangha. I want to think about my. Uh, my god brothers and god sisters and associates, all the devotees, you know, that's, you know, let your mind, so, you know, practice, you know, what am I going to do? What will you do if the doctor says, oh, I'm going to give you three months to live and that's it, max. You got to know, you should know, you know, we can't feel like, well, that's never going to happen. But we got to think, you know, if it ever, if, if, if it looks like What's it going to be like when we realize, hey, this is it. This is death. Maybe it's a heart attack. You know, you go, ah, oh, hey, this is it. You know, not like, oh, I got to fight it. Well, this is it. This is that moment. Okay, I know what I was going to do. I'm ready for it. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. You start to go into your program that you've rehearsed and you know. You know what you're going to do. You're ready for it. You see, Prabhupada was ready. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He was primed. It wasn't a nuisance for him at all. It wasn't. A, it wasn't even a new experience. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He had meditated on the moment. So, are there any uh, any questions or comments? Yes, yeah, when you're talking about the false ego in the mind, it's, it's really easy to put uh, examples on things like, that, that was really good, we don't talk about this enough, so your example was really good, about like clothes, clothes is a good example, but when we get into actually purifying our mind, we actually have to talk, start talking about how we're doing this on a subtle level as devotees, not just like plain stuff like our clothes and how nice, you know, 
our, our stories are, but actually in our mind and what our mind is saying in subtle ways that we're controlling or getting that wow factor in other ways. Yeah. And we don't address this at well, all. We Me and Kimberly were actually talking about this because we're both like, when you said that, we we're like, oh my God, someone's talking about it because we were <laughs> actually, this was our discussion on the way over here. Was that uh, we were not, yeah. But, but more even so as a devotee, you know, because my one thing I wrote down is false ego dwindles in devotional service. Actually, most of the time that doesn't happen. That The opposite effect happens. Devotees come into Prabhupada's movement and they get the knowledge and then they think they're so great. And I say to them, those aren't even your words. Those are Prabhupada's words. But if they, if they stay engaged, they'll be okay. You know, they will. If they stay engaged. They'll be okay. <laughs> so many devotees will also tell you that they don't have, you that know, notice the, chanting. Notice the caveat that I had? If they stay engaged. Yeah. It might get to be a little bit more of a struggle, you know, if you get all up inside yourself, you know. When it becomes all about me and I'm like way special, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've been around for 41 years in this movement and I've seen some really great men bite the dust and they did a lot of service so much service and had so much success that they started thinking they were special they forgot I am I am simply an instrument of my guru and Krishna and I'm nothing you know I'm, I'm nothing I'm like uh, you know it's like if you if you pull the plug on a uh, on an electrical appliance, it's nothing, it's useless, you see. So, uh, it can happen, but if you stay engaged, it, you'll overcome that, you'll sidestep that. I mean, it's, 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 it's dangerous, you know, it's dangerous to start thinking that uh, um, it, this is all about me, this is my potency, I'm able to do all this, wow, I'm I'm more special than you. You see, trying to see that really and truly, everybody else is more special than me. You know, I don't know what I can do well. I don't know of anything that I can do real well. But I'm I'm always surrounded by people who can do devotional service really well, really good. You know, I'm not a good book distributor. I'm not a great cook. I know many great cooks. Not good at kirtan. I'm not good at anything. <laughs> you know, I'm just allowed to be here. Basically, that's it. I'm just allowed to be here. I'm just thankful for another day to get to associate. We need to realize the the uh, attributes and the contribution of the other devotees. Don't be concerned about your own. Don't compare yours to theirs. You know, like, not in a, you can compare it thinking, I'd like to be like them. Wow, I'd, I'd love to. I wish I could chant like him. You know, I wish I could cook like him. I wish, that would be so nice if I could serve Krishna that way. But not to think, well, you know, I, that guy over there, he's not as good as me. You know, I do, I cook so much better than him. He doesn't know the recipes I know. I know much better melodies and kirtan. When you start thinking like that, you know, when you start pushing yourself, bubbling yourself towards the top, you're in trouble. 
this is real trouble, you know. And if it if it festers, if it stays there for a while, you know, it'll it it can take you down. Like I say, I've seen, we all have, we've seen bigger than life men, bigger than life devotees that are doing colossal service go down. All the way down, you know, because they got all up inside themselves. You know, so we just have to avoid that, avoid it like the plague, avoid it with every bit of strength that we have. You know, so I'm not just saying I'm not listening. I'm not, when your mind starts going there, I'm not listening. I'm not going there. I'm not doing it. You see, we have to see ourselves as an instrument of the Guru, or instrument of our spiritual master. And the Guru wants you to be successful. Guru and Krishna want you to be a superstar. If you have the desire to serve them, to perform loving devotional service, purely, you, you have that pure desire, they'll grant that wish, and you'll if you have a great desire, you'll serve them greatly. You place your faith, they'll shore up your faith and help your faith if that's what you want, you see. So it may appear because of the, of the potency that they're working through you, it may appear to some people or, or maybe even everybody that you're <laughs> hot stuff, that you're great. But you gotta know inside I'm just, I'm just a conduit. I, that's all I am. I'm just a conduit. You know, I think we were talking about this yesterday. You know, when somebody says, oh, that was such a wonderful class, or that was a great cure time, or whatever. You, you know, that's not my energy. That's not my potency. Do you graciously accept? Thank you. That's nice of you to say. But you know where the potency came from. And if you can hang on to that, then you're safe. You know, you can stay safe. Otherwise, you know, if that false ego starts to grow, that's really dangerous. I mean, yeah. Yeah, one of my god brothers thought he was Krishna. He performed so much service. Thought he was Krishna. Made so many devotees and you know, he had so many disciples and, and so much money. He started thinking he was Krishna. And then again, a mouse. You know that story? Again, a mouse. You know, you pull the plug and uh, you're nothing. You're zero. Back to nothing. And it can happen in a heartbeat. From being on top to being on the bottom, just like that, as your consciousness changes. The devotees I work with, they see it. You know, you, you show them like really regulated, really regulated service, and they start to have reciprocation. And then very quickly, because we're very open, we don't have like we 
don't have secrets. Everyone knows what everyone's nurses are, and everyone is helping each other. They openly talk about all of it, what their minds are doing, how they're back, if they're offending other people, and everything we talk about. So they, you know, they, they get some reciprocation, and then they very quickly realize, you know, as soon as they start to take some credit for that, the reciprocation stops. And then that fear of that reciprocation stopping is enough for them to keep going because it's like, mm. there is nothing more painful to me than when Christian like retracts when I'm like, yeah, I made a good subject. And you're like, and then all of a sudden nothing. And I'm like, because that's how fast it is. Just imagine, you can't even handle, imagine thinking you're more advanced than you are right now. You can't even like think that subject's not good and it's not yours. So they're immediately, like whenever they cook, just Christian, just Christian, please don't tell me me, it's just Christian. Like, because they're so fearful of the retraction of the reciprocation from Krishna. Like, there's nothing more fearful to them than that, because that is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. That there's nothing more painful than that being taken well, away. And you, and you have to you have to work on yourself, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, this see is the, the thing that devotees the, avoid. The thing is, we can, we can say, we can treat ourselves in such a way we can never treat somebody else, you know. If somebody else is really in Maya, it's very difficult to go up to that person and say, look, snap out of it. Now you stop it, pal. Because it goes, hell yeah, what do you think you are? You know. But you can do it to yourself. You can say to yourself, who do you think you are? Where did you get this attitude? Where's this coming from? I mean, you can blow yourself away. You can get down... I mean, get heavy yeah. in yourself. You don't have to worry about any repercussions. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to file charges on you because you were mentally abusive or, you know. But you can take yourself by the ear and say, well, look, you're going to stop this garbage. This is, this is not happening, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to tolerate it. Look in the mirror and tell yourself, you are making me sick. Oh, that's the most important thing. Avoid that. Avoid that. Yeah. Like 100, sorry, but it's like literally almost, it's got to be 99% they avoid but, this. You know, what happens when you go to a gym and you start to work out? Yeah, you start thinking you're so good. Well, you but, look so great. But follow this train of thought. You go to the gym, you know, like you're going to work your, your uh, biceps. And, and in the beginning, they're weak. And so you start lifting weight, and it kind of hurts a little bit, you know. They get a little sore, but you keep on working them. And after a while, they start to grow, and they get strong. And then you work them real hard, and they get real strong. You know, your leg muscles and, you know, your pecs will do the same, you know. So um, you've got to practice and work out getting your mind in a headlock and saying, well, you're not going to do that. You're going to stop this. So you practice it, and you get stronger at it. You become accustomed to it, and then you catch it before it even embarrasses you. Uh, you, you, you know, before something comes out of your mouth that's embarrassing, you catch it. You know, you're starting to catch the mind before it goes loony. You know, I mean, you just you have to babysit it like a like a child until the mind starts to get a little bit used to. Uh, oh, I might as well not think like this because you're just going to correct me, you know. You know, you can. You, so you you have to train your mind. Our minds are untrained when we come into Krishna consciousness. They're totally untrained. They're like a they're like a horse. You know, you can go out and, and get a wild horse, and you can't ride it. It's not trained. 
It'll buck and jump. But if you get on it and ride it day after day, you'll break the horse. And it'll be just as peaceful as a child can ride it. You and know? you can chant properly. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to practice, we have to work on our minds, you know. We have a full-time job, you know, just staying out of Maya. It's a full-time job. And how do we do that? Associate with devotees, go to the programs, hear, chant, take prasadam. Those are the weapons we have. Perform devotional service. So it's a full-time job doing all these wonderful things just to keep me from becoming loony and maya. All right. Is that enough? You got? You have a question? I have one question. I'm trying to formulate. Um, often, you know, earlier you're saying that sometimes when about being influenced negatively, negatively by others, we tend to think that being influenced by others in a negative way may mean like an aspiring devotee being influenced by somebody on the outside, the karmic or something like that. But often, in, in, at times, I've seen. How like an aspiring devotee can be influenced by another aspiring devotee negatively as well because maybe they're not trained up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how can we help that person who's being um, influenced, or how can we be able to help people like that if they're so caught up in being influenced by those people? What's the best approach to help them? You just have to approach from, them. Because you know? it's within our movement, you know, at that point in time. Right? You just have to approach them and, and say, really, seek better association. That Prabhu over there, he, he's okay. He's okay. He's mm -hmm. not first class. He's new, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but you, you go to that guy over there. He knows a lot more. He's more fixed up. It would be better association for you. And you try to influence him. You can't force him. You know, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to offend the one devotee that's that's kind of loose. But I've had that experience. You know, I I invited some some guests that I've been preaching to to uh, a certain temple, big temple. I'm gonna go see the big time temple, and uh, and they were pretty first class. You know, they were getting. I mean, their consciousness was into uh, hearing and chanting. They wanted to hear and chant. We're gonna go to the big city temple. Yippee, man, I get to see deities for the first time. This is gonna be way cool. I get to go to Mongol Arti. Wow! Guru Puja with a deity of Prabhupada. This is, they're like giddy, you know. So they take them to this temple. I won't mention the name. And, uh, <laughs> Got him to bed, got him up the next morning, full morning program. They're ecstatic. I mean, they were ecstatic. They were like in trance. It's like they, like, like Gomer Pyle, you know, golly. Oh, man, this is wonderful. That evening, they met up with some aspiring devotees. And one was initiated and uh, got on the... Got on the internet, stayed up to 2.30, and we didn't see them till after breakfast. They came in after breakfast, 
They didn't even have time to take a shower. They just realized, we're going to miss breakfast. They came in, is there anything to eat? It blew the whole thing. A little bit of association. Now they learned how to stay up all night. There's cool things you can find out on the internet. I didn't know they had that on, on, on YouTube. Yeah, look at this, you know. So the rest of the time they were there, they barely saw another program. They became trained. They became influenced. You see. They were negatively influenced. And once you get that, it's very difficult. You know, it's like it's like me giving you some uh, disease. If I have a disease, contagious disease, if I give it to you, now you've got to struggle with it, you know, get over it, you get cured. Best to avoid me associate with somebody who, you know, he doesn't have the disease. You see, associate with him. It's best if you don't associate with me if I have this disease. If I'm going to contaminate you, I am bad association. Bad. Bad to the bone. I mean, you should walk a mile around me. But what happens is, it, what I see is that these loose devotees are like magnets. You know? Have you noticed that? Absolutely. Just, you know, they're because they talk a lot and they, they got a million Prabhupada says. Is. Not reading. Prabhupada says and Prabhupada says and yada 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 and they don't read, they don't hear. You never see them in class. Not talking. But they know they know everything. Mm -hmm. I mean what they've they've heard speculation and then they speculate a little bit themselves and make up a little bit and you know it's because it's all for me to show you how you're a new guy and I'm a new guy too but I'm way more advanced than you buddy so here I'm I've been a new guy all this time but now you're coming in and you're newer than me so now I for the first time I feel advanced you see and it goes on like that and it's it's sad it's a phenomenon that I don't know how to deal with sincere will, will like it. But I mean, that's false ego if we worry about, will I be liked? No. Nope. You know? I'm worried about making my I mean, Maharaj happy. If I go around happy. telling the truth all the time, I'd wait till Maharaj and I talk like this. You know, he'll, When I see him, he'll say, oh, how's it been? How much trouble are you? have you gotten yourself into later? Because oh, we, we always, I say that to him, you know. What, what trouble are you in? Because you go around speaking the truth out of Prabhupada's books, you're going to get in trouble. Oh, you do? You're going to get too hammered. You're too heavy about Prabhupada. I'm like sitting in Bhagavad's Well, they won't that. say it like that. They won't say, you're too heavy about Prabhupada. I have but, said but, it, but you'll get people <laughs> that that feel like, well, you know, well, that's pretty orthodox or, you know, you're not very progressive. and People become offended. Jad Waita Maharaj gave a class in Dallas one time about five years ago, and uh, I thought it was one of the best classes I ever heard. You know, you've heard his class. It's just like, I mean, it's just like,
Prabhupada speaking to you. You know, it's just wonderful. His realizations are so fabulous. And after the after the class, I told him, I said, wow, that was fabulous. It was great. He said, you haven't heard the repercussions yet. I said, what are you talking about? He said, trust me. Trust me. There's going to be reper repercussions. Wow. So I walked out in the hallway and I was putting my shoes on and down down the hallway I, I hear this devotee said, that was the worst Bhagavatam class I have ever been to. Who the hell does he think he is? And this was initiated devotee. He didn't say anything. He read the verse. And later over breakfast I was talking with Maharaj and he said, did you notice? I stayed with the verse. I did this purposely because I know where I am and I know who's out there. I stayed with the verse and I still get in trouble. Krishna. So you stay with the books and you're, you're going to get in trouble. Yes. So Maharaj told me, whenever you get in trouble, you're doing something right. You don't be concerned. We don't want to uh, um, offend anybody. But I sure don't want to offend Srila Prabhupada by bending his words or softening his message so that you don't get ruffled. You know? I mean, if it's a choice between you and him, I'm sorry. Harry Ball! You know? That is a good way of saying it. I'd rather, I'd rather have you be a little ruffled than him, than him hit me with his dunda. You know, you fool. You know? I didn't raise you like that. Fool. You see? Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, Kavi, did you have something you wanted to uh, Yeah, I'll go. Well, I, I had something about the text, actually. The what? The, the text that you read from. It was, it was just about the, um, in, in accordance with the, with the Sankhya system, um, the kings would actually return, um, the, the return of their life, it would be a, a gradual ascension of the different elements and so forth. Um, fourth Canto, same thing with Prithu Maharaj. And it said like, you know, um, in the Sankhya system, it's, it's from subtle to gross. Um, you start with the finest element like ether, and from ether is born sound and the ear and so forth. And then you go down to the most gross, you know, there's five, there's five more elements ending with earth. Earth is the most gross and all the five senses are complete in that. The human body has earth within it and water and uh, fire, air, ether and so forth within the human body. So when they actually return, that's that's how they actually climb that ladder. Mm -hmm. They return the elements. Um, earth, Reverse the process. Yeah, yeah. So the senses are uh, brought back up in that same ladder until it reaches ether. Once you're in ether, practice city works in the same way. You may have heard like of Sai Baba and these magicians who can magic up things out of nowhere. It's not that he actually has, <clears throat> yeah, he's manifesting a, um, a watch or a piece of gold from the Brahman. Um, because sometimes, you know, they, they, pulled, they pulled a Swiss watch once and somebody said, well, and I thought he was magicking these out of, out of thin air. I thought it was his own power, but they saw that he was made in Swiss, Switzerland. You know, so maybe there were some complaints. What he's actually doing? is he has a storeroom and then he's able to actually um, reverse the elements of the, of, of, the, of the objects. It's like a telescope. A telescope would close back up into itself. A telescope is like five cylinders. 
would be able to close back up into itself and then once it reaches the ethereal level from earthly to ethereal then he can transfer it and manifest it and then open that um, telescope mm. again into teleportation yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same way once you get into the ethereal level once you're able to um, bring up the, um, the senses into the mind um, yet the mind is a subtle object and then you can travel at the speed of mind and so forth and that's astral projection and so forth that's how you actually return but the mind also goes back to intelligence to false ego to the modes and then ultimately you know, to the to the brain. I just thought we'd speak about the verse for a while yeah the verse is always nice the verses are always nice. Yeah, to the text. Mm -hmm. huh? in, the same, in the same line, what what he has just mentioned, um, in regards to the mind that it's being dissolved, um, does that mean that the devotees become mindless? No, he's getting he's getting rid of the material mind. Uh, you know, the mind has actually become spiritualized. The material mind is dwindling. Yeah. Mind starting to work. It goes yeah. same with the false ego. When it's dissolved, does that mean that the Buddha has become? He has a true ego. Like a mush, or no, he has true ego. Mm -hmm. If you say, if it's if, if you say I'm an eternal servant of Krishna, that's true ego. You know, ego is not bad. False ego is bad. If you say I'm anything other than the servant of Krishna, that's false ego. It's false. It's not real. True wow. ego is, is is real. Are all the true egos the same, or they vary, and they're special in their own way? What do you mean? Different living entities, their their true identity. Are they all? Well, the you've same? got you've got a squirrel, and he's convinced he's a squirrel. So his false egos. No, 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 I'm talking about true self. Oh, the true. The real self. Are yeah. they all the same and they all vary in their profiles? Well, there's there's variegatedness in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that we're all like snap, pushed yeah. out of a cookie cutter, mm -hmm. you know. There's but there's there's variety. There's camps in the devotee in the, the uh, uh, in the gopis. You know, there's the conservative camp, and the, you know they have they, they have division, but they're not at war with each other. They serve Krishna differently. You see, but it, at no time do they let their individuality take them away from serving Krishna and become um, let their indivi individuality become uh, uh, turn into self-interest. See, that's the danger, is self-interest. That's what drags us down and destroys us. It rips away our desire to serve Krishna, even when we don't know it. it we, we could be feeling this is perfectly innocent. But now, I'm back, I'm right back where I started when I left Goloka Vrindavan. I want to focus on me. I want to enjoy me. You see? I don't want to please you, my dear Lord. I want to please me. I don't want to be enjoyed. I want to enjoy. 
I want to take my individuality and my free will and abuse it for my own benefit. I'm going to, uh, I mean, for, for my own uh, gratification. I've been gratifying and gratifying and gratifying for eternity. And what would be the positive scenario of that? What's that? It, the of, of using our individuality. Oh, I can use, I, I use my individuality to serve Krishna. Mm. You see? And I'm trying to find out, I'm trying to figure out a way to serve Krishna in a, in a, in a unique way. Not because I'm trying to outdo you, but you've already served Krishna in this way. You, it's just like you just made uh, uh, pakoras for Krishna. So why would I want to make him pakoras? He's got to play the pakoras. I want to make him some exquisite chutney it to go well, with those pakoras. Well yeah, you see, and someone else will say. I'm going to make a nectar drink that will wow Krishna. You see, so we're using our individuality. You can make better pakoras. I can make better chutney. He can make better. Somebody can do kirtan better. Somebody can do kirtan better. That's how our natures. Prabhupada said we all have individual natures that don't disintegrate. We all have our individual natures. It's just like the gopis have individual natures, and they serve in that way. Vishaka is very powerful. She's always like on her. They each have their individual natures, and that makes it Balance. that that completes our relationship with Krishna we each have we're so individual you know in the, uh, the the individuality in the material world is a perverted reflection of the individuality in the spiritual world you see because here people choose a, a crowd they want to run with you know like I want to be a biker someone get me a Harley Davidson I'm gonna grow a beard and long hair, and I'm gonna wear the kind of stuff that that bikers wear. I want to I want to be identified as a biker, but at the same time, I want individuality. I don't want to be exactly like every other biker. So yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get tattoos all over me, but mine are got to be special, you know. And I, there's got to be something really different about me. So that's abusing your individuality. You see, when in the spiritual world, our individuality, we're so individual. I mean, you look at one biker, it's hard to tell them, even though they may have different tattoos, it's hard to tell them apart. I mean, what's special one over the other? Maybe some subtle things, but you see. But with a living entity, each one of us, every living entity is so individual, there's no one else like you. You are performing a service to Krishna that nobody else is performing. Okay? Krishna has a ras with you that he doesn't have with anybody else. It's completely unique. Totally. And when you're in your cloud of the material world doing your thing, trying to enjoy separate from him, he is without that ras. And he wants it back. He wants you to be back in your position because there's a void there. Okay? Because I was having this, 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 Ross, all these, and now you left. I'm not getting this. I'm sure I'm getting all the rest, but I want this. 
So therefore, Krishna's bending over backwards to help us to go back to the spiritual world. Not he's he's not forcing, but he is influencing. He sends his devotees. He comes as himself. You know, he tries to guide us through our heart. Yeah, he tries to slow up the advent of of uh, uh, Kali Yuga. You know, then he comes as Mahaprabhu and says, "Just Janari Krishna." Why am I going to take any offenses? You know, just, I mean, how much easier can he make it, you see? So he's really trying to influence. He's really trying, he's bending over backwards, you see. So, uh, because he wants that individual relationship that he has with you back. And he wants it to flourish. That's what he wants. So our individuality uh, in the material world, we abuse it, you know, because I use my, my individuality in, this, in the material world to lord it over. I want to be the top dog. I want to be, I want my tattoos to be the, the, the coolest. It's not possible for your tattoos to be the coolest. There's always going to be somebody else with a cooler tattoo. Well, we have to be careful not to do this in emotional service too, because devotees pick camps that they click to, and this is even what we're. This is why the GBC is ruled against this overall my guru. This is my guru, and this is his teaching, and like separate, so much separation, and so many camps making us like all under Prabhupada. Well, you know, there's more under Prabhupada. It's it's kind of like human nature for conditioned souls to fall into a click. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on. This is this is kind of deep. I don't know if we have the time for it. <laughs> I have the time. Everyone can get up. <laughs> it, when, when, I, when, when I'm when I'm when I'm conditioned and, and affected by the material energy, then basically I'm choosing the people that I hang out with because my neuroses match up with theirs. Okay, you know, I like headbanging rock. Well, I don't like you because you're going to think I'm crazy. But you like headbanging rock. You're not going to think I'm crazy. You're going to think I'm okay. You see, so we have something in common. So I want to hang out with you. I like to do heroin. I like to shoot heroin up. He doesn't. He thinks I'm insane. He thinks I need treatment. You know, she'll flow heroin with me. She doesn't think I'm crazy. She thinks I'm special. You see, so we fall in with people that. Their neuroses match with ours. Mm -hmm. Their insanity matches with, with mine. Devotees have always. I like to go. I like to go to movies. You know, but I don't want anybody else to know. But maybe him. He likes to go to movies too. So we go together. You see, he's my bud. He thinks I'm all right. He never says, you know, Prabhu, this is really Maya. You know, isn't it? We go to. We have a good time, and he doesn't look down on me. And then we we make some other friends, and they like to do that. And you know, you might have uh, some devotees. And they you know they like to smoke a little joint once in a while. It's not wrong with it, you know. That clique will hang together, and this clique will hang together, and that clique will hang together. Then you got these nutcases that just are fanatics about distributing as many books as possible, and they hang together. Isn't that crazy? 
So you can see, uh, pick your group. Where do you want to fit in? Do you, want, do you need somebody that will say that your neurosis is okay with us? You don't want to follow to the letter. Neither do we. You're okay with us. You know. You don't want to be a real pucka. Well, that's okay. Neither do we. Come on, you'll fit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or you know, you really want to be really pucka, and you find a group. They say, "Oh, that's good. Hey, we want to too. Come on." So it's kind of natural. It's kind of natural, but it's kind of human nature to seek out somebody who's not going to look down on you and think that you're crazy. You know? If you want to be a first-class devotee, you can't associate and be happy with those who don't want to be first-class. They're going to think you're nutty, and you're going to think they're nutty. There's going to be a rub there. So you're going to have to find people of like mind. Best if you can find people with a higher mind, and maybe they'll, they'll pull you up. If that's your desire, and if you want to, if you're ready to sink down, then you find you can find a crowd that'll pull you down, and everybody will rationalize. It'll all be okay. Okay, just chance. You know why? Just chance. You know why it's it's okay? Because we have us, our clique. The rest of the movement, they don't. You know, they're going to criticize, but not here. Yeah. Not with us. Oh, that was good. You know. That was good. <laughs> We're together. Yeah. We yeah. stand united. Yeah. Oh, come on back. Because come there's back. all of us here that's proof that your anarchists are okay. <laughs> now, if you were the only one with your anarchists, then you'd really be in trouble. But I got anarchists too. Come on, my anarchists match up with your anarchists, man. Come on. You see, there's a relationship here. So. It's human nature. I'm not saying that people are bad that they, they get sucked into this. No, but this we have to acknowledge. This is a mature nature. This is like our job in Prabhupada's movement is to be not stagnant. People only people only acknowledge these things when they uh, when they want to take that step up. You see, when you want to go up, then you'll seek out better association. You know. And then uh, you want to go up and maybe try to pull people up with you, you know, closer to it's just like what we're talking about, thinking about oh, thinking about serious about yeah. the moment of death, you know. I, I can't, in, in other words, if you're so con concerned about the moment of death, uh, then maybe I don't know if I should goof around, you know, maybe I shouldn't loosen up. Maybe death isn't so far away as I think, you see. And if I'm loosened up, I may be distracted at the time of death. I don't I know. Maybe I will. Right in this moment, what does Krishna want me doing? If you do that, then automatically at the time of death, all moments, it's like... Yeah, but, you know, I can just focus on what I want now, and I'll think about what, what Krishna wants at the time of death. How about yeah. that? Surely I'll remember at the time of death, you know, I hear the... The Yamadutas coming, I'll say, oh no, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> All right, I think we ought to wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you all. Hare Krishna. Really? All glory to Shri Prabhupada. All the